you want to make people believe in you you want to make people understand what you are doing you just have to keep on becoming successful or better at what you are doing that better at what you are doing not only proves you are on the right path it also consolidates you as a person welcome guys to unadulterated mind my name is reshma sadani and i am the host of the show where it's all about stories perspective life lessons but about all just great conversations okay so what can i say about this guest she is someone who was a chartered accountant earlier and at the age of 38 she drastically changed her profession and got into fitness she is also someone who taught me abc of this industry today she is a strength coach who has won five times commonwealth gold medal two times best lifter strongest woman in india a founder of gripper and author of a powerlifting manual listen till the end of this podcast as i bet you you will get to learn so much about powerlifting fitness and how simple nutrition is mrs vinuta ragunath enjoy yourself welcome to our latest episode this time we have got my mentor mrs vinuta ragunath today thank you for joining in vinuta ma'am it feels so wonderful to finally bring my teacher on my podcast what are your takes on it yeah i'm happy to be here with all the lockdown and what we are doing i think yeah it's nice i feel good to talk to you again here <laughs> yeah same here so let's dig into our today's podcast directly where we are going to talk about changing professions powerlifting health and fitness industry in journal but before that i mean uh, for all of us for at least most of us you are ma and uh, today i would actually fall short in words if i would have to introduce you so can you just do that for me please and uh, also i would love you know if you could slide some good things about me into this introduction yes yes definitely reshma first let me tell about you yeah i met reshma when you were what 1920 <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. that age <laughs> right so when i was a master trainer there at k11 and you were my student and uh, one of the most prettiest and happy faces that i would see in the morning sessions there and it was uh, it was a pleasure training you and interacting with you and we really bonded so well and uh, yeah. it's been not 4 5 years yeah and uh, we have kept in touch with each other on and off and then now i'm really happy that what you're doing you were always interested in fitness or some way you were always connected with this and it's great to see you that you're pursuing this as your career now yeah it's nice to talk to you i mean it feels so good <laughs> so many good things about me today of course of course you deserve oh uh, yes i don't come from a fitness background initially i come from uh, accountancy and uh, legal background education wise and mm-hmm. then uh, yeah always more at home type of person and did so many other things in fact i entered the gym really into lifting weights when i was 36 37 till then i had not even seen a gym so wow. from there onwards my journey into lifting started and somebody saw me lifting and that person commented that i am doing well why i shouldn't try powerlifting 
till that time mm-hmm. i had not even heard about the sport called powerlifting okay yeah then i was very curious to know what's happening with me like why am i trying why am i lifting so much so i just mm-hmm. wanted to understand the physiology behind it and the trainer suggested that i should do some course from k11 i joined k11 as a student and did all the courses that they uh, provided and uh, ended up working for them as a master trainer i headed the department of master trainer for some time yeah i had a very good career start but never thought one day i would become a full fledged uh, athlete powerlifting mm-hmm. athlete so yes with proper nutrition with training programs protocols that i eventually followed or researched on i started applying it on myself then came my first break of some winning some silver medal at state level and then and kept on and on and on so till i won a commonwealth gold medal and there i was also uh, i got uh, award as a strong woman in my category masters category since yeah. i started very late in my life i started competing under masters masters is above 40 okay then uh, i went for two asian championships where i again won strong woman titles the best lifter titles mm-hmm. so as of today i hold national record under my category for bow all squat bench and deadlift all the three lifts wow and uh, i set up my own garage gym here there is just a small place 150 square feet so where i initially started it for my own practice and then i used to upload the videos and people started asking so mm-hmm. i do train uh, some people there it's a one to one personal training sessions then the training is both for powerlifting and otherwise if somebody wants to just do it for fitness i am doing it for that mm-hmm. yeah so from all of these things what i can say is today you are a renowned lifter and not just that you you also represent india and you have won eight times strongest woman title and if i am not wrong you are also an author of a powerlifting manual yes uh when i was uh, practicing like when i used to train so a lot of questions used to come up to my mind like what is this what is that how can i go about it so mm-hmm. uh, if you see in india there are no proper certified or knowledgeable powerlifting coaches mm-hmm. so i used to do my own research and uh, note down everything so one day i thought why not make this into a manual for people to train others and this mm-hmm. study material got accredited by national strength and conditioning association us come back to this topic in a much deeper way but i want to start my conversation today is with the, as you mentioned that you were into accounts you were a ca by profession if i'm not wrong and you tried different things as well in your life hmm. so can you please tell us more that how exactly you entered into fitness i mean what was that time and how was it and what made you think you know okay. make this as a profession yeah if you say the timing there's no timing i just wanted to lose weight like any other average uh, late 30s woman in india south indian woman so yeah. i went to a gym just like that and then i uh, one thing i realized uh, you can never pick your sport it is always i always say the sport will pick you up i waited more than 40 years of my life for any sport to pick me up that's power lifting maybe genetically i am i am a short woman with shorter limbs and with uh, density of muscles good so i was good at lifting so this is how i realized slowly so you of course your hard work dedication nobody can take that away 
but if you have seen uh, like runners they come from africa or you who have very good uh, weightlifters from russia they are all genetically more superior you need to touch and see yeah. every sport so that's what basically happened with me i was not even aware i would be uh, good at lifting i just started going to gym and i was fascinated mm-hmm. with squats deadlift all these powerful structural movements and i tried my hand at it so that is when actually my passion for lifting started never thought of becoming a competitive athlete yeah so if i'm not wrong you actually started as a gym trainer right yeah so if we talk about being a gym trainer back then what was the year i mean if you could uh, share yes uh, what was the year i think it must be 2004 or 5 okay so 2004 or 5 that was the time when you initially started as being a gym trainer yeah floor trainer for 2 hours i used to be okay and at that time i mean this industry i mean fitness industry was not that boom for people this industry was not something which they used to appreciate or it was not really respected enough yes so uh, wh- how you dealt with all the negative and the judgmental eyes you know how you handled and cope up with something like that did opinions ever matter to you yes it did matter of course sir. people used to ask me where is the need for you to go and do this stand on the floor for 2 hours or 4 hours or start doing all these things but then i don't know some gut feeling was always there in me yes i should do this i should pursue this come what may and uh, yeah i come from a very uh, brahmin community and i started eating non veg food a lot of things i had to really work cut my ways through luckily as i started becoming successful and of course my family my husband my daughter they were very supportive of my all my even whenever i want to go they were always there so it was i won't say it was any difficult walk for me i had little bit of struggle there which is always there and then i started my career in fitness very late in my life so i had to accept that i cannot be doing as well as any other trainer would be doing so that is one thing i accepted initially in my life yes i am a beginner in this field i need to learn from abc i cannot bring in my other educational qualification other uh, whatever uh, social status what i come from or comfortable family i have no i cannot bring all that on the floor i on the floor i am a just a floor trainer starting on day 1 that's actually the thing which went on in my mind and i did work my way up through learning i used to read a lot so even now i keep myself updated on the things happening in uh, even though i don't come from a science background academically so once i realized this is what i want to do now i started reading in depth i started googling i started reading research papers on what happens with the body when you do workouts you know started with very basics now i came to a point where i can write a manual speak authoritatively on that with confidence so this has been my journey in this you have been into this journey for a good good period now so having that sort of expertise i'm sure i mean you are somebody who even taught me and if i look back i mean in 2014 when i sort of started uh, my studies to healthcare industry into fitness i remember when after completing my course in mm. k11 academy i was also a trainer i was also a floor trainer yeah. and uh, even at that time people were having those judgmental eyes all around me even while i was training them on floor or even yes. people in my family not my family i mean my mother was very supportive mm. but when it comes to my relatives they were not really appreciating the the sort of feel i was getting into 
so yeah i could sort of relate not completely because you started way early way early than me the sort of path for me was comparatively easier mm. than you had so at that point of your life in 2004-5 mm. you were a personal trainer mm. you were a gym trainer on floor yeah to that you became a master trainer of k11 mm. which is a huge shift so how that happened in your life you could elaborate on that topic a little bit yeah definitely ishmanda see uh, first thing starting late in life itself gave me an edge because i was already like experienced in terms of working for something somebody and plus mm-hmm. uh, if you see that like, uh, 2004 5 early years when any trainer came on the gym floor like he was considered as you know you would become a trainer either you fail in 10 12 or not able to complete graduation or somebody who is not able to get job elsewhere mm-hmm. okay so my case was not like that it was not that i couldn't get job elsewhere right i have done many jobs but the thing is i entered this out of passion this industry so and another thing the trainers do is they once they get the job they stop reading on their subject as i yeah. always say that we are paramedicals paramedicals means parallel to medical profession like you have a physiotherapist or you have a doctor their uh, subject matter is human body in the same way mm-hmm. trainers subject matter is also human body but we deal with fitness up to health doctors are there physiotherapists are there from health to fitness and making them into athletes or extraordinarily fit people it's our responsibility and if we stop reading so this is what i used to tell my core trainers around and people whoever i met you want to have mm. progress in this profession so you need to be more knowledgeable people have to look up to you like when i joined everyone thought that there is a need for her to become a gym trainer but nobody understood that there is so much into it to be a trainer you build a person you build a person's physique yeah. you make them more confident in the outside world you advise them lot of things happen there so uh, this this is what i realized i need to do that okay becoming master trainer or whatever those were all easier for me because i used to read a lot and passing those exams were actually a cake walk for me not just the passing of exams or my observation with each human body each human body in relation to gravity with the weights everything i i really used to analyze even now i train many people i may not remember all my students i may have trained thousands of students but yeah. if i see the body moving i immediately connect ha isne this guy is to do deadlift like this squat like this or some other exercise like this so that is how the everything has registered so if any trainer they really want to be successful or come out of this thing of i am a trainer who you know this type of thing they have mm-hmm. to think little wide they have to think we are somebody in the society somebody who makes mm-hmm. a difference to a person's life so we need to think like that so yes it was as you said it was a challenge as you were also looked down upon when you started training but you never gave up you in fact evolved yourself into something better now still related to fitness industry i have also done that and now if you see the trend there are a lot of engineers doctors physiotherapists lot of them have come have become mm-hmm. floor trainers and they have understood and maybe for them the journey would be much smoother than yours or mine because they come already mm-hmm. come from a medical background 
so it will be easy for them to understand the physiology of a person okay so how you entered i mean how you became a master trainer how was your journey from being a trainer being a flow trainer to being a master trainer at k11 at k11 okay that is was actually a nice thing uh i was uh, i started as a two hours job as a flow trainer then i became a four hours trainer then i became eight hours trainer then i became something called as programmer where you start prescribing workouts for the people then i started as a counselor then in between oh. uh, yes i was very closely associated with kezar kapadia so there was mm-hmm. a, a requirement of a fitness head in bangalore by snap fitness there's this chain called snap fitness then kezar called me and said are you ready to take up this responsibility to be a country head of snap fitness i said okay why not it was based in bangalore i stayed with my mother there and then i used to really enjoy working with lot of gyms around taking workshops for the trainers there and the managers gym managers there it was around 6 7 months i was there then i started missing my family i said no i have to come back i can't stay there when i came back Mm-hmm. I just went to see Kezad once, and okay. that was the time when first master trainer batch was happening. <clears throat> He was on the floor, and I went and he asked me, "Would you like to join?" I said, uh, "We are already in the middle." He said, "It doesn't matter. You have always been into fitness, so for you it will not be difficult to pick it up." So I started. I became part of the batch. It was a master trainer batch. Is always a small group. There were about ten uh, mm-hmm. of them, so I became one one of the students there. and uh, the ma- course ended it's supposed to be a 6 to 8 month course and i joined and after one month the course ended oh yeah and the funny part is after the course ended so there were exams so he asked me are you ready to take exams i said i will take exam but i want to attend next master to master trainer course second batch fully because first batch i hardly uh, got at got to attend one month mm-hmm. he said okay then you clear the exam you won't believe i was the first one to give exam and clear master trainer course in k11 and wow. then yeah first person to clear the exam master trainer course in k11 and uh-huh. plus it was also special i felt because i started attending course after passing okay yeah and that was really i felt very good about myself and yeah i used to do a lot of reading on my own and then try to grasp what kezad was saying because it the course was completely taken by him practical theory everything yeah and uh, in subsequently he wanted to train his own master trainers before employing them then he offered are you ready to join i said okay then after i think after a year or so then sunil kotian suggested my name to be uh, head of the master trainers that also i did okay. i started heading the department i wrote complete manual for the you know for practical training i was not never interested in classroom uh, teaching it was always the floor for me i always liked it yeah i uh, remember you saying all these things to me even on floor that you are somebody who likes practical knowledge yes. more than being in inside a room yeah. and yes i will forever be grateful to you because you are the one who introduced me to kezad sir in first place yes and uh, <laughs> yeah i was also saying that you were a master trainer for good period with k11 and then mm. you became the head of the master trainers in journal mm. so how from being somebody who was already a master trainer at k11 got shifted to power lifting okay again this has uh, everything to do with the master trainer course i did under him so there uh-huh. used to be this uh, there's to conduct 
extensive sessions in squats deadlift and bench press and all okay so and of course i always uh, took it up and did well and kept on asking him to add more weights and i used to practice also after my duty hours i used to practice these lifts there so when i then i started attending competitions then i that, that actually uh, that is where i also started taking up uh, drawing up lot of notes from my research which i used to share with kaiser and show him my videos so then i realized yes this is what i want to do master trainer thing is fine but then i was not cut for it because it also involved some administrative things to be done and all so mm-hmm. i then i pulled myself out to be head of the department and i just started being just a master trainer started training and then i reduced my number of hours also then okay yeah so my calling was actually i was aiming to be a powerlifter and these were all the steps or the route that i had to take to reach this goal okay that's fair so basically you you meant to say that all these things i mean being a trainer on floor then been working at bangalore then been a master trainer and then the head of the department of master trainers this was all the path for you to reach to powerlifting full time yes a strength coach a strength coach yes. okay so yeah, that's what you are even today exactly so i have been to your garage gym and i would like to add this thing that it is one of the beautiful places i have you know oh, beautiful gym you. setup i have seen <laughs> uh the first thing which uh, i was attracted to and i told you even then that you know i was seeing all your medals and trophies up there mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so wonderful to you know like just look at it and uh, i want to ask as you have been participated in so many powerlifting competitions and you have a good expertise in that area as well so if you could tell us that how expensive is this profession as an athlete right yeah as an athlete to compete okay first and foremost let me say that powerlifting is never supported by any government government agency okay. okay so we don't get any support so if you become successful or you keep winning you might have some people coming to sponsor you maybe with some protein powders or if you are lucky enough there are people i know who gets sponsored for the international events so it is basically mm-hmm. you one has to bear all the expenses initially which is a little on the higher side only because even maybe it is district competition state or national or you go to asian championship world championship whatever you want to go every single pie the traveling to stay and the food uh, entry fee everything an athlete has to bear plus being an athlete it is very very important you are thorough with your nutrition supplementation both micros and macros so again that cost money so it is actually you are spending it out of your pocket and as of today i don't see many athletes from powerlifting being uh, sponsored by others there are some individuals there are some companies which sponsor and that too remains for a very short period of time and you have to keep winning keep winning that is another thing if you don't perform yes of course your sponsors will pull back i think this is what happens with every sport you take tennis or you take anything initially all of them they spend out of their pocket but somewhere along the end the corporates come in or some big firms come in or big individuals come in and they start sponsoring in fact whatever credit the athlete has achieved that is being encashed by 
these people who sponsor but that same thing i hardly see in powerlifting arena any idea why there are two firms or the big giant companies big sharks in the market or the supplement industry hmm. uh, they don't sponsor powerlifting athletes but i believe they do sponsor bodybuilders right it's about glamour again reshma so we powerlifters are not glamorous enough as compared to bodybuilders or beauty pageant so they are they're more into uh, show business we are not even the cash prizes that are won by bodybuilders are much higher as compared to a powerlifter even at some district uh, some shri or some state maharashtra shri mm-hmm. and all people get 3 to 5 lakhs and all as cash rewards in bodybuilding but you don't hear anything like that cash rewards are never given in powerlifting maybe somewhere you go and somebody might give you 5000 rupees for winning a gold medal at the most oh. which might even not even cover the cost of travel exactly it's such huge difference when it comes yes. to being a bodybuilder and a powerlifter yes if somebody wants to go on district level or state level so can you please tell us what are the digits the entry fees for all those things yeah maybe a district you would have anywhere between 300 to 500 as entry fees and uh, state might have 1000 rupees as entry fee and nationals might have 1000 rupees but this is the minimum thing but what about the traveling what about your stay what about your if you go for nationals you are expected to stay almost a week somewhere and travel to that place stay in a hotel eat so these are all huge expenses as compared to entry fee entry fee is nothing so you can share any digits like i mean how much did it cost it for yeah. you to yeah i don't mind sharing go for a competition yeah see i went for commonwealth to south africa i spent uh-huh. 2.25 2,25000 around ouch yes it is and uh, i went to mongolia for asian championship uh-huh. uh, i spent 1,30000 i went to uh, what is this kazakhstan for another asian championship so about 160 180 i spent now i plan to go for world championship again in south africa that might cost about 1 and 1/2 lakhs it's not a huge small sum at all these are all huge digits yes so i can just see that this profession somebody would want to choose is sort of expensive Very for them expensive. for their pockets sometimes i feel that we are buying these medals we are buying these trophies you know so it's not a because you're passionate about it i am one of those lucky people who has a stable family who support me my husband supports me so i really don't have to i mean i don't have to look out for sponsors i do my own earnings coaching people but what about others there's lot of talent in india so exactly. everybody they don't come up they don't show up because of the financial problems and what about expense on nutrition yeah that is a day to day thing that's a year round thing that is another thing altogether so if somebody wants to really consider powerlifting what are the things they should really take care about before entering into it because that has to be a very sane decision yeah Yes. Uh, looking at the expenses. Yes. So, what are the things they should really consider before entering into it and make it as a career? Okay. See, I do receive lot of calls from people mm-hmm. inquiring about training in powerlifting. Okay. So, a lot of people I ask them first, what do you do? I know okay. if he's a trainer or whatever, and I people want to come and meet me. I welcome them. Yes, you are welcome to come and see me. But I put before them the 
you know, true picture. I have never given anybody any rosy picture just because I want to train somebody. No, I tell them all these medals that I have won. Everyone sees that when they come to the gym. For every medal I have paid, forget about the uh, blood and sweat that uh, that went behind it, but the monetary thing that I have spent on that. And if a trainer, he is very passionate. I hear, like, I do have people who come and say, "I may kuch bhi karunga, please, mujhe train karo." So, the first thing I ask them is, "Are you married? Do you have family?" I tell them, "This uh-huh. power, the competing in powerlifting and all, has no meaning if your family is starving. Please go back there and take care of them." I have sent back so many people, so many people. You won't believe. I, I don't want anyone to get onto this because it's. Unless I tell them, yeah, अगर तुम्हारे पास कोई sponsor है, कोई somebody is willing to sponsor you for everything that you play, and still you can take care of your family, then you go ahead. And suppose if there is, see, this again is a sport of risk. You carry some humongous amounts of weights on yourself. Okay, you might get into injury mode. What about then? Well, who will take care of you? What about the medical expenses? Do you even have insurance? No one gives insurance for this sport, right? I put a very, very clear picture in front of them, and then I tell them, I don't even tell them my fees. My fees, okay, chalo. If you are talented, I might even train you for free. But what about other things? What about your day-to-day nutrition? A person earning about twenty-five, thirty thousand—the best trainers I'm speaking about. If he wants to come and train, if he wants to compete. How long will that sustain? It's better you upgrade your knowledge and you become a better trainer. Sport is a passion. You don't have to go and perform on the stage every day. Mm-hmm. You got it. So this this is it is very important. Either you get a sponsor or you have a clear picture. And there are so many boys who come and tell me, please take me, please coach me. I I never entertain them. For me, no, not at the cost of your ex, uh, your family's expense or your family's comfort. I am going to train you, or I am going to take you for a competition. That is not going to happen. Uh, I don't know what to say because if, exactly this is what is going even in my head. I mean, if it's so expensive, and if somebody doesn't have a sponsorship, or if they have a family to take care about, and they are the only member who are earning, yes, they are the one providing it. Yes, it would be pretty difficult for them them to manage. And even you know, when we talk about simple nutrition, yes, yes, even as being a trainer, I mean, it is not something which everybody can take care about. Just say for an example, if initially the amount. Hmm. A trainer earns somewhere around ten thousand, fifteen thousand. Mm. Being a full time on floor mm. trainer, journal trainer, yes. and for them to uh, go for bulking, yes, even that's expensive. Considering the amount of supplements they have to, or the amount of food they have to consume, yes, the cost of that food, yes, and how different it is when it comes to powerlifting. It's very difficult. So, uh, what I Tell them other other side of it is, I tell them if you are so hell bent upon doing this, think about it as an investment. Like how I have done, I walked through the path of what our fitness courses I did, or trained people and all that. I I spent a lot of money there, so that was all a path and that was all an investment which. today as a coach i am encashing to some extent i am still a competitive athlete i am not a retired athlete now okay so anybody mm-hmm. coming to me i should give them another picture if you are so interested you just help bent upon doing this particular thing please do it and think about it as an investment so you go for competitions and you keep uploading your videos and you start attracting people who can train under you correct Yeah. so that is the only way you can encash it if you do not have sponsors but then 
any athlete's life it is again a very short duration and uh, sustainability is another thing see i always tell them always weigh risk and benefit if there is risk if it is going to hinder your career put to put a break don't even try that weight don't even try that exercise i i play very safe so these are the things insights i give every one of my trainees and the people whom i have training and the people i have refused to train what about the people who have got money in their pockets and they want to compete they want to do that they want to start they want to make their career into powerlifting so they have to weigh up on the ladder of course i do i do train people for example i have vilma abhijit meet these are people yes they can afford to do they have their own things to do you should start from zero whatever you want to learn any technique so they all come comfort training on a regular basis and then the nutrition guidance i give they follow that and we go for competitions together and it's like a journey like it's it's never like you learn for 6 months or 8 months or 1 year no it's not like that it's a journey as long as you compete you can keep doing and competition is what competition is just one of those days you go and do exhibit it in front of people but according to me every day when you work out in a gym in the isolation that i when i work out it is a competition from what i did yesterday what squat i did previous week and this week if there is a difference yes i have one this week it's like that so people with money who can afford do this please they most welcome to do it in fact we need more people like that so that the sport can become a little bit more popular attracts attention from media or you know government authorities or everywhere yeah i mean people who can afford it great for them yeah but i want to ask that then so, how the training schedule looks like and how different it is from say somebody who's working out just to be fit okay so now i come to training specific talks i guess mm-hmm. see for any athlete when you start training be it on the track or in the swimming pool or anywhere the sport or the thing that they do is going to be the primary thing like for example mm-hmm. like an athlete like a powerlifting athlete squat deadlift and bench press these are the things we have to show our strength when we compete okay so this becomes our starting lifts when you go to the enter the gym you do your warming up and you do your preparatory sets prep sets and then you mm-hmm. have a schedule for the particular lift like a periodization periodizations are there and um, you have that scheduling and intensity techniques are used you finish off with all that and then go for the assistance workouts okay but a normal gym goer a squat or lunges or a leg press or a leg curl everything everything takes equal amount of time equal priority is given i am not saying we don't give equal priority to other workouts or other other body body parts no but we need we also need overall development of our body because it's entire body that we use in lifting but it is there on on the mind that this is the schedule you are supposed to follow a coach has told you a programming is done so you finish with your lift and then go for the other assistance workouts and another important thing in uh, strength sport like uh, weight lifting or power lifting mm-hmm. strength is the priority not the endurance endurance activity we do but then that comes as a assistance workout or complementary to our strength we also equally uh, do it it may not be high intensity okay for example mm-hmm. i train and when i tell my students to train in cardio 
it is not going to be as extensive as any normal gym goer because for us cardio is very much required first and foremost endurance required is for the capillary formation so cardio activity done for more than 20 minutes to 30 minutes increases the formation of capillaries the tiniest blood cells in the body in every part of your body and when you do weight training we break our muscles at microscopic level and to repair those muscles we need oxygenated blood that oxygenated blood is carried better by capillaries especially the connective tissues and again i am coming to the cardio activity for a lifter would be go for non impact based cardio activity but a normal ordinary gym goer can do brisk walk or you know bang and run on the treadmill run on the this thing all these are impact based activity where you take your foot and bang it on the floor but when i do i go with the elliptical cross trainer where i don't have to bang my foot so my weight bearing joints are not again tortured because already they have gone um, uh, have the struggle of lifting weights okay so i don't mm-hmm. have to again subject them to the same stress levels so i keep it light i go for moderate intensity cardio activity got it so th- mm-hmm. that is where the difference comes in how you arrange your lifts how you arrange your accessory workouts how you arrange your cardio workouts and how, most important part is the stretching flexibility of it the so suddenly a pull might happen so it is very very important we mobilize our body and we do our stretching properly for an athlete in fact uh, if you see any proper i mean world class athlete they all travel yeah. with a team a team of a physiotherapist or a nutritionist and yeah. yeah see this becomes a team because every part is taken care of by somebody or the other but an ordinary gym goer who wants to just go for fitness i think mm-hmm. i mean just looking at fitness and then day to day activities they should should be sufficient with the normal gym trainer it is very informative i must say this i also want to ask you that uh, as you have few people under you who are training for powerlifting today mm-hmm. and i'm sure there must be even far more people in india who are training yes. today for powerlifting yes. so what do you think in the year 2020 okay yeah. <laughs> and there is corona obviously yeah. <laughs> but what do you think what is the future of this uh, profession of this industry it's going to be great with all young talent coming in and i i actually got uh, messages from few people can i take powerlifting as a sport after the lockdown i said yes of course you can do it there are a lot of youngsters coming into it and any sport people uh, are just waiting to go out and perform or do something out there so i do see a great future for powerlifting and especially when i go for this nationals and all these young lifters the powerlifting is played age wise categories like you have sub junior junior seniors masters and i see lot of sub junior junior boys and girls they are really doing so very well and they are aware of it and there some of the schools and colleges do support them i do see a great future for this and i hope the level of coaches or the instructors that they guide them also equally grows because this will be the seniors or masters who are going to be their guides and coaches so we need to be ready or pepping up ourselves 
know, to train them better or guide them better. So in this scenario, Ma, as you mentioned, stretching is uh, damn important. Yes. So what could be other reasons or what do you think are the reasons when it comes to injuries on gym floor or for an athlete? Okay. Other than the flexibility, what I see on the gym floor injuries is not adhering to whatever your coach has told. If you have been given a schedule, please follow that. Because everybody needs guidance in this. And if you have somebody experienced, please go with the whatever bondages or reputations that person has advised for you. And one first and foremost, one should remember this is just an activity and it is not your life. There are people who come to gyms and say that I will lift this. No, it is not like that. Your life is back with your children, back with your families. That is what is life. What you do otherwise. Gymming is just one of the activities in a daytime. Don't be over enthusiastic. So in knowing one's limit is the greatest advantage in any sport. Disadvantages that I undergo or disabilities that I have. And then mm-hmm. work around that. So it becomes extremely important. There is... Not a single athlete whom I have not heard, Baba, this person has not incurred any injury. Yes. Any sport is something which calls for extraordinary human performance. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. everybody cannot become world-class athletes. Right, right. So, Mm -hmm. if somebody's threshold level, the threshold, the ability to bear the pain, ability to get out of that regular path and show something different. So, that person has to be different. Yes. To do that, that person is going to give everything that he has physically, mentally, everywhere. And it is, they are bound to get injured. Injury is part of any sport. Any, any sport. It can either, it can even happen sitting at home. A person not doing any workout, just bending to pick up something, the injury might occur. Imagine a person performing at that level, why he should, will definitely get into some injuries. But it is all about bouncing back. When you understand you have got an injury. The reasons could be many, like a nutrition or some imbalance with the things that we take or some other flexibility issues or something becoming very competitive or enthusiastic. Like if I want to break a world record, I would give all I have. It might happen or there are good days and bad days. And at the end of the day, you sit with your physiotherapist or if you're a doctor and analyze what caused that and then... Get well and come back again. I got it. So, what is fitness for you? What is fitness for me? Look at the lockdown thing now. Okay. What is fitness? You need to manage your household things. You need to run errands. You have to do everything. Think an unfit person can do it. No. A fit person is somebody who plays their life like a sport. Life is a sport. A fit person can play it better. That's it. So, uh, that fitness has to be mentally, emotionally, physically on all the levels, if I'm not wrong? Of course, definitely. Even though like there are days like when we get up with good sleep, whatever amount of sleep I've got, and I've had my proper meals, nutrition, everything going on. Suddenly, I'm ready for my workout. I get a call or there is some talk happening at home and because of which I do get disturbed, my lifts suffer then. Mm -hmm. So it is all, everything is connected to each other. So how well you can just cut that off and come off, come out of it and then start performing. As you said, fitness is everything. It's physical, mental, emotional, everything. As you gave, gave an example for Corona, there's also one thing which tried just now that people are binge eating uh, on junk. Like their every meal is all about uh, high on sugar. 
comfort food yeah comfort food exactly and they are all uh, waiting for vaccine to come into picture yeah. but people have sort of forgotten that they could today can fight against corona if they have a healthy mm. body if they have a healthy working immune system correct so what is your take on that as you rightly said healthy immune system that's the need of the hour and we all know that sugars are the things which completely disrupts and uh, we are seeing over 180000 plus we have crossed number of cases and if you see the death and you see the data on people who are getting affected or dying they also have some secondary ailments mm-hmm. other than the corona right mm-hmm. so this is all there on the news here again eating nutrition makes 80 90% of your body exercises are 10% that's what we say yeah but it which is very very true and india being primarily uh, we are we lead the diabetic chart in the world yeah. right yeah. so naturally we are going to have lot of people getting affected with corona virus and it is a need of the hour to keep ourselves fit yeah i do understand it's it's hard for everybody you know to sit just sit at home and then trying to keep yourself fit with so many restrictions you can't even go out go even for a small simplest jog or a walk one cannot go it's really difficult to keep oneself motivated to do some home workouts okay that is fine we all have to think that this too will pass that should be our philosophy now so but when it passes how quickly can you bounce back yes your walking cycling everything is open they have given time limits are you able to start it have you did it have you done it today so that comes only with little positive mind you again have some company who can come with you for walk or if not required if you are self motivated enough you can do it on your own and need of the hour is actually build your immunity levels avoid all sugary things unwanted carbs i'm not saying vegetarian or non vegetarian it doesn't matter there are always choices for people one can have and take proper supplements and even the doctors yeah, are saying like because exactly. so vitamin c which i remember capsules. we when we used to tell our clients earlier uh, that you know you are supposed to have supplement i mean you are supposed to supplement with all these vitamins they were like are nahi 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 hum koi dawai nahi lenge goli nahi khana hai that's the standard thing and today everyone is like acha 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 matlab not everyone actually the people who are uh, pretty sane about what is happening currently and how important it is to keep their immunity system you know Im- yeah their immunity levels high they are all about okay so which supplement hmm. are we supposed to intake tell us tell us today yeah you know going by what going by what you are saying that everybody wants to do it uh, i buy my supplements from amazon so i was trying whatever i was used to the brand of zinc or the vitamin c and all they're not available it's all sold out so people are like becoming hyper yes mujhe ye bhi lena chahiye ye bhi lena and i actually wish that it's a, it remains so like that people be aware and then if there's a scarcity people um, uh, the producers or manufacturers will bring in more products and it was actually uh, in a to some extent for me it was very <laughs> nice to see vitamin c to march when i tried to log in and uh, place an order it was not there i had to go for some other brand and that was substandard i know it but it's a good thing yes mm-hmm. when we speak about supplements micro supplements micro supplements are something which you take in yeah. very less like less than 1 mg okay yeah. so you go for uh, your fish oil capsules 
you go for vitamin c e antioxidants and then you go for yeah. zinc magnesium and you also um, need good amount of k2 d3 inside. because we all are sitting inside every medical profession people person is speaking about all these things so this is always it was always there there you know deficiency of it it is the need of the hour it's nice people are aware and i hope corona or no corona these things are to stay here and they must stay That's what i also hope uh, looking back in the time when you initially started your journey in this uh, fitness industry it hmm. cut to when we think about today so there are so many people who are turning into fitness and they are calling themselves fitness mm. influencers and they say that they know everything mm. and or they know more than anybody else in the market about fitness and nutrition so i really want uh, to know that what do you think about them you see now when the uh, economies have opened up people have opportunities they have choices to choose with all that there also comes a sect or a group of people pseudo professionals they think mark themselves as something uh, you know they know things type of thing read something online and start advising people so it is in fact it is a consumer who or the person following that per, uh, the, that person should understand where to draw a line or make out a difference whether this person is authentic or not speaking correctly or not that is why i always take go with science not logic not just hearsay things see what science says about it even doctors i have seen blindly following people even after understanding physiology they think this can happen aise bhi ho sakta hai waise bhi ho sakta hai in fact fitness has become such an industry where yeah. everyone has an opinion you go to gym or you go and do yoga for 6 months you attend a gym for a year not even a year two months they come back and they start having opinions how can you have opinions opinions don't work in science can a opinion of somebody launch a spaceship no there is science behind it nothing can a plant grow on your opinion no it has a science of its own so there, there is a need to understand that so i i really feel bad you know like people are i have so many instagram followers i am so what will you do with all that how how Fitness, does it matter i mean matter? the nutrition industry in journal i mean the nutrition in journalism mm. it's very simple to understand what today people mm. have uh, complicated it to another level they say such yes. bizarre things when it comes to nutrition this is again why? opinionated things why not you ask why not when people there is somebody to take opinions there are people to give opinions why not if it is selling why not okay now when we speak about the nutrition part of it supplementation part of it there are so many choices to one now in the market so which is the better the better one would always be someone who markets well that's the strategy everyone follows right the advertisement something keeps banging on you or a very um, so called know all person who is very confident about using his words or her words so those influencers they can market any product so this today's world the marketing and the publicity has taken away uh, you know the for the search for the real thing anything that is glamorized sells today so i think we need to distinguish between what is needed what is not needed why make 
things more complicated and another thing as you rightly said it is a simple thing people are making it complicated making it complicated always creates interest are aur kya hai aur kya hai there is something more to it there is nothing more to it it is all more packaging when a smallest product is inside like 10 12 times of packaging it is just that and under whatever is there is the simplest of something as you said so i think we need to distinguish between that it's all like we know that there's a consumer market out there and if they are smart enough if they are uh, you know informed enough so they should be able to take better so, decisions uh, rightly put i must say this as you are somebody who trains people on regular basis so i'm sure you must be dealing with uh, mm-hmm. fitness myths every day like people will be coming and asking you some bizarre questions so can you just uh, burst yeah, yeah. some of those myths for my listeners today you know like simple ones like are yaar mera main na har jagah se patli hu but na mera na pet thoda sa bar hai yaar mujhe batao na please main kya karu kai reshma you have come to my gym yeah yeah so yeah. have you seen treadmill uh, no no okay because there is no place other than that i don't even want if we have place also i've had people like so called as you said paid come karana type of people they come and say ask are yahan pe aapke paas treadmill nahi hai kya types i said hai na pura road mera hai babu so they this is a myth that doing more of cardio reduces more fat burns fat women who walk in they see these weights that i have kept itna sab you are going to make us lift i said yes if you are willing i will make you lift and and i'll be the happiest if you can lift all this weight so this thing that i am mad like aapko kya zarurat hai where is the need for you to lift so much a woman need not do all these things to you know um, have a good figure or appear nice and graceful no their belief is completely different the biggest myth that we have in india you know who is the fittest woman in india you know that no a lady with two children a patla lady with two children is considered as fittest दो बच्चे हुए फिर भी इतना पतली है दैट इज द टाइप ऑफ फिटनेस वी लुक बट व्हाट इज द फिटनेस लेवल दैट शी एग्जिबिट्स हाउ फिट इज शी डू शी इज इन डूइंग अ डे टू डे एक्टिविटीज इज शी एबल टू कैरी अ सिलेंडर फ्रॉम समवेयर टू समवेयर पॉइंट ए टू बी नो इज शी एबल टू कैरी ऑल बोथ द चिल्ड्रन नॉट गेट टायर्ड एंड डू ऑल द हाउस होल्ड थिंग नो जस्ट बिकॉज़ शी इज थिन शी इज कंसीडर्ड एज़ फिटेस्ट दिस इज अ मिथ दैट वी हैव बीन ब्रीडिंग इन इंडिया सो दैट्स व्हाट पीपल कम एंड आस्क मी आल्सो kitna time are what is the meaning of time and they also have this to lose this many kilos uh, okay i tell okay with the strict diet and all these things maybe one year so one year ke baad main aisa ho jaungi baba one year ke baad you actually your thing starts you know what another biggest myth is once you lose the fat you are done for the day or done for life with that body no actual fat is losing the body fat is the easiest and maintaining that is very difficult this people don't understand and we need to educate them no offense to them uh-huh. but yeah this is a sort of mentality which we actually deal on daily basis and uh, people really need to understand i mean I, even i've came across to such incidences uh, when uh, they and yeah uh, the famous one uh, you, how can you forget this one face uh, fat Uh, like eating chewing gum and exercise face yoga face yoga 
Yeah, there is also an application. Have you came across that application? <laughs> no, no, no. I have not seen. But again, see, fat. You don't see. I ask people, do you decide where you want to put fat? No. Body decides same way. You cannot decide where you want to lose fat from. So your fat depositions or predisposed site which you inherited genetically when you were conceived in your mother's womb, then it was decided where you are going to put on fat. when you keep eating and stop your healthy lifestyle the same way you cannot decide from where you can reduce it's a genetic predisposition if your face is accumulating fat be happy with it if somewhere else you are losing fat be more happy about it so you can't have any you, you simply don't have control on how you put on weight so you don't have control on how you lose weight weight nahi bolungi main fat on the body fat yeah the, the word. important word yeah fat yes Because also then uh, a myth popping that about the weighing scale. Yes, that's a, a completely useless thing, outdated thing now. As you mentioned, uh, a lady, a skinny lady with two uh, children is considered mm. as fit, has uh, that she has a body, and people yeah. just don't know the differentiation between what skinny is and what a lean body is. Yes, very much. Lean body is something which is muscular, which is more curvier and which is more beautiful and pleasing to eyes, as compared to any very thin body, which is devoid of muscles. It is just the bone and the skin on that. No, it's not nice. And no shape. No shape. Yes, yes, definitely. Fat just cannot give you any shape. Yeah, it is fat is something which is which comes down because of gravity, pulls yeah. down. So your body looks like a bulk. Exactly. So, uh, what do you think in this scenario? What is the? I mean, for people who really want to be fit, mm. so which is the most important step for them? I go with weight training, resistance training. Please get on to that and get on to proper nutrition, supplementation, including. That's great. So, uh, I also want to ask just you that mm. how your uh, schedule looks like on and off competitions. On and off competition, if you are. my schedule doesn't look anything different because it is same for me as i mentioned earlier one day i climb on the stage and i do otherwise i uh, me in my garage gym like a workshop i keep working out irrespective of who comes who goes what happens and i manage my diet yes sometimes i do go off beat but then i always come back off beat in the sense i not too much of it but then sometimes it happens when you go out or eat something mm-hmm. and then the same thing happens when i'm competing after the competition also maybe something i always wanted to have like puran poli and all i love i might have really go have a full packet of bread and jam yes i have done that but then i immediately come back so my life during competition before competition after competition i don't see any much of a difference Even your nutrition looks same throughout. Yes, throughout it is same. Okay. So, uh, as you mentioned, even about puran puri and stuff like that, uh, there is also uh, people think that you know the athletes or the people who are competing or the people who are uh, all fit and have a great body, they don't cheat too much or they don't indulge in uh, consuming alcohol and things like that. They think that those Correct. people are very boring. Acha, very boring. You say no. You come, come to me for a party. <laughs> I had gone to Australia for a month to see my sister. I think uh, no workout there, and I used to of course go for light jogs and walkings. Mm-hmm. But every day I drank 
every day i had lot of down donuts i had cakes and only lived on pastries and sweets for a month okay actually to be honest when i came back immediately i got got onto my schedule and i was back to myself in a month's time Okay, so you did enjoy your time there. Of course, I have done. Yeah, and uh, one time uh, I had gone out with my family to one of these beach resorts, where I think about four days I survived only on bread, jam, butter, bread, jam, whole loaf of bread I've had, and it was like for dinner, breakfast, uh, whatever, whatever we kept on having, kept on having. Those are all abuses only, right? But I did enjoy, and I let myself go. Yes, I have done all that, but. I know when to pull myself back. That becomes very important. It's so great, yeah. I mean, I am thinking about. I'm actually picturing you eating all these things and drinking all day and uh, pinging <laughs> on donuts. <laughs> yeah, I can eat two dozens at a time. My appetite is too too huge. Okay. <laughs> I can eat something like twenty idlis, like in one go. Yes, in one go, of course. And the size of the idlis of South Indians are like huge. It's like. Yes, I can have about twelve dosas butter. I am feeling hungry. <laughs> But still, I want to ask you, what are your future plans apart from eating twelve uh, dosas in one go? My future plan in terms of eating or in otherwise? <laughs> no, no, in terms of your competitions, exactly. Yes. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very excited that the things are opening up. And uh, in fact, uh, in last week of April, I was to go for my world championship, which got cancelled and postponed. So mm-hmm. there, I was looking at breaking a world record. Oh. In squats, I'm the only Indian powerlifter who is at that stage. who can think about or reach the world record i mean be it from senior junior or masters sub juniors everybody male female any category you take i'm the only one in india who can think about a about breaking a world record now that got postponed to uh, november now so now i am all gearing up for, to get there so that, yeah actually i'm very very uh, excited and looking forward to myself and my career in powerlifting a lot lot i mean i'm already 52 but not a i never feel a day older than 2022 i'll be younger than you i have seen that side of you <laughs> okay so i we were discuss i mean as i mentioned earlier that so writing a book on powerlifting it's written and done okay it's done so can you can you just tell us more about it and what all things uh, it has you know you have covered into it and why should people buy it mm. first and foremost it's not for sale it is for students who undergo the course with me it's given a study material okay and uh, it is a compilation of my reading research on the training methods so in which i have stated i have started from with the history of powerlifting how it started and what are the competitions uh, so usual general topics then i come to specifics of intensity training periodization how to cut the uh, cut the poundages we micro scheduling macro schedulings and i also covered a little bit of nutrition If somebody wants to get into powerlifting that's one book that they should read before entering yes powerlifting coaching is more about practical training that just serves as a handbook okay and is this book available on amazon or is just for your students? nowhere nowhere it's just with me okay and uh, as you mentioned that you are also somebody who reads a lot so you are big on big in reading any three books you could suggest to my listeners uh, which will help them to grow you know what there is this thing which everybody should read my experiments with truth by gandhi 
don't read that book as a an indian or somebody gandhi devotee no you just read it as a human being it is different i have read it thrice and all all the stages it's different and uh, gone with the wind it's about uh, american revolution time where uh, cotton fields and it is it's just a there is a movie also on that gone with the wind very popular movie and uh, i have read a lot written by this guy called j krishnamurthy Okay, so tell us about grippers. What is it exactly? Okay, this the name grippers. So when I was speaking to my students like Wilma and Bijit and all, like they were we whatever it is, we should call give ourselves a name. So I keep saying when we train, I motivate them saying gripping is everything. Gripping is everything. Okay. So holding the bar tight, squeezing all your you know fingers mm-hmm. and all the toes. on the on to the ground so gripping becomes extremely essential part in our uh, sport so then they suggested i think we should call ourselves as grippers and that was a great idea then i said okay let it be grippers powerlifting academy i registered myself and had a logo which uh, got patented yeah i've seen that copyright yeah. karke liya mera study material this one academy something i am very very proud of because it's the only one of its kind in india so Guys, this brings us to the end of today's uh, conversation, today's podcast, and I would actually want to meet you, ma'am, for twenty uh, dosas or Italy for or some uh, drinks. Let's go. Let's go on a date. So, and I would actually like to add that it was a phenomenal experience to have this conversation with you today, ma'am. Thanks, Reshma. Thank you so so much for your time and sharing so much insights about your life and also, of course, about fitness. One message I would like to give is nothing succeeds like success. Thank you for listening this episode of Unadulterated Minds. You can subscribe to the show from wherever you are consuming your podcast. There is a lot to come in future. Meanwhile, you guys go out there, break the pattern, and end the ordinary.